Welcome back, y'all, to episode 57 of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. And today we are talking about video games. So why video games? I think that for a number of reasons, like obviously I wanted to cover video games, but I recently watched this TikTok about about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is the quarterback for Arizona, been for the last, I think, three years. And one of the stipulations for his contract were video games. And I'm going to play the TikTok for you just to give you the overview. But I found it really interesting. I'll just play it for you. Kyler Murray's contract, but you don't know the full extent of why it's there. Now keep in mind, the clause stated Kyler would not receive credit for his independent study if he was multitasking by playing video games. Fortunately for us, his love for video games has been well documented, most notably his passion for Call of Duty. Internet sleuths have nearly proved Call of Duty is having a detrimental impact on Kyler's career. Somehow, they have the facts to back it up. One sleuth conducted an analysis of Kyler's game-by-game performances each season and discovered his performance experienced a significant drop off following the release of a new COD game. A similar study was done on Kyler's single game performances based on double XP weekends. Shockingly, the sleuth found nearly every one of Kyler's metrics was lower during double XP weekends versus normal weekends. His passer rating fell nearly 10 points and the Cardinals win percentage plummeted. While the clause was ultimately taken out because of the headlines it generated, it's likely the Cardinals are responsible for leaking this in the first place and they most likely did so to embarrass Kyler into putting the controller down. trying to figure out if that Mario song works. Okay, so that's crazy. So, like, this kind of, like, sparked a lot of thinking because, first of all, like, I'm going to get into other stuff about video games, but I really wanted to play that because imagine you have a contract for $23 million, independent study or whatever, and, like, you're playing video games and it's impacting your performance on the field. It feels so, like, like school. Like, you're... And it's like, I don't understand it. And there's like, he's proven, like he's talked a lot about how he loves Call of Duty or whatever, but you are literally responsible for a franchise winning, you know, like the Super Bowl and you're playing video games on game nights. It's like, I don't really, I don't understand it. And obviously he's like 23. I mean, he's still in his 20s, so he probably thinks it's not a really like a big deal, but I mean, I don't even know how to, I don't know. It's like to get paid money like that and then be like, you know, all I want to do is play video games when you're NFL quarterback. And not only that, like, not that this matters, but he's not, like, he's a tiny dude. It's crazy thing. He's like 5'8", throwing dimes, running, you know. But, I mean, and the fact that they have the data to coincide with it impacting his games on release dates is also pretty insane. So, when I watched it, I kind of went down like a rabbit hole. Like, what, you know, what are, what is a, what is playing video games? How does playing video games affect you, and what does it really do? And I'm just kind of like going to throw out a little data here, just to kind of get get things rolling. But I kind of wanted to start with 
you know, when was the first video game made? So if we go back to um, 1958 in October, so this month, um, we had one of the very first games created as to thought to be the very first video game, which was Pong. You know, it's a very classic game that got popular in the 70s at the Brookhaven National Laboratory. So, you know, Pong himself was a simple game played through a screen, but it's like, you know, what is this connection with video games? Why are people so connected with video games? I mean, as a kid, I played video games as well. You know, I think, you know, I played Madden as an adult when I was younger, you know, obviously playing Mario, um, anything I could play, like, no, no different than the other kid, but it's like, you know, what are the impacts of video games as we get older? Is there, like, a negative side to it? Well, and then, so that was one question I had, and another question I had is, you know, who plays the most video games? How many people play video games? What is the negative and positive impact? Now, because it is Dyslexic Awareness Month, I did Google it to determine, you know, also what are the impacts of video games on dyslexia, and I kind of want to talk about that because there's some pretty interesting findings, you know, obviously, to contrary belief, you know, there is a lot of data that proves video games are actually good for kids and good for adults. And this is a study found that dyslexic children shown to improve reading speed and attention skills after playing video games with a lot of action. Glenn cautioned that while some dyslexics do have attention deficits, it's not the understanding cause of every type of dyslexia. So this was a study published by, you know, not published, but NPR covered back in 2014. And it was really going into, you know, asking that question, does video games help with reading? And I'm sure every dyslexic loves to hear that. So kind of breaking it down, it's pretty interesting how, like, how video games can impact reading speed. So it's like, so obviously dyslexia is one of the most common disabilities affecting and establishing 5 and 10% of readers. So, you know, with with understanding how it works, so... So processing and empathizing training and brain attention systems. So some video games do that. So these video games require you to frequently respond quickly to a shift tension to one part of the screen to another, says Vanessa Hart. So when Vanessa Hart implemented and did this study, what you're really finding is that because you're able to shift attention quickly, it's helping with reading because it allows you to focus on something. Extreme physical and leading authority of the study. When people with dyslexia have to shift their attention between sight and sound, the reaction was delayed, and they had significant and more trouble shifting attention for visual to audio than others around. So that makes sense. So differentiating and shifting from vision to sound, I think, would be pretty common because there's like, sometimes I don't know what it is with dyslexia, but there's that moment where you're like, I don't quite know, but I can't process it as quickly. So it's just not shifting attention from one location to another, but we have to also be training shifting attention from sound to visual stimulation. Um, so that's kind of like the basis of the study. And it's interesting because the test research asked 17 people with dyslexia, which isn't really a big test group, and 19 controlled um, persist, persist, 
participants to press a button as active as they could each time they heard a sound, sawing dim flashes of patterns on the computer screen. This is actually really hard for people with ADHD because I took a test like this once and I fell asleep in the middle of it. So I won't bore you with these results, but it's interesting how, you know, looking at the first aspect of video games with learning disabilities, that the concept between shifting between your vision, your sound, your focus really helps with reading speeds, which, you know, anything works when you're trying to get a competitive advantage. Competitive advantage. So the next question I really wanted to ask is, you know, what are the negative impacts of playing video games all the time? And it's really interesting because I don't think it's really the brain interacting with the video game. I just think it's the habit. So it says poor sleep hygiene because you're playing video games late into the night. Physical health um, issues be, or atrophies. Well, obviously, because you're sitting around all the time, just looking at a screen, exhaustion, once again, looking at a screen, dehydration. This one says obesity and heart problems, aggression. So aggression could be a result of the poor sleep habits, lack of motivation. You're having a lack of motivation because you're more motivated to play video games than anything else. Depression. So you're not getting all the chemicals you need to be having in a day, so if you're working out, you're eating right, you're interacting with people, you're going to have chemicals released. And as a result of not doing this, it could um, actually not atrophy, but stop some chemicals from being released. Um, suicidal thoughts. Once again, this is, I think, just from sitting and staring at a screen. Poor emotional relations and interpersonal conflict. So kind of looking at it, I mean, if you look at this, this has to be like super extreme. Like, because, I mean, you could find that really in anything. But what's really interesting is kind of like those habits, I think, in my opinion, can um, impact different. I mean, that could be said for almost anything. So when you look at kind of the negative aspects of it, I think the poor sleep as well. But that kind of led into a question being like, you know, how many people play video games worldwide? Because, you know, as in the intro came in. I was playing Mario, but everybody knows Mario. Like, Mario has to be one of the biggest video games. And this was kind of like a Google search I did from 2021. And it said there's about 1.4 billion gamers across. This is just Asia. So, so looking at kind of the different numbers, I kind of went deeper. And I found that there's about 3.2 billion video gamers worldwide. Which is just unreal because if there's 9 billion people on the planet, okay, or even now 10 billion or whatever, I mean, that's 30, over 30% of the population plays video games worldwide. I mean, that is such a big number. And this is from um, a research study gone, done by New Zoo, um, kind of looking at the impacts of the game market. So... When we look at kind of the data, then I wanted to pull up kind of some of the the biggest countries or the most countries that play video games worldwide. And to, to my, to like, to what I read, you know, and I don't know if this is a reflection of population, like, and I could have probably done this question as well, but the top, I mean, if you were to guess, you probably wouldn't guess this, but you're like, what are the top um, five countries? And 
The first country actually who plays the highest amount of video games is the Philippines at 96.4%. So 96.4% of the population are playing video games. And I'm not sure what video games, but I'm sure it's mostly computer games, not a lot of console games. Thailand was up there at 94%. You had Indonesia at 94 Vietnam at 93 in India 92 and Taiwan at 91 so kind of surprised that China wasn't in there and the reason why I say that is like the video game movement in China has been huge and there is actually a word in Chinese that represents this and it's diaosu and diaosu actually means electric death and it kind of was a term that this is pretty morbid that started in China because I there was a there was a kid who started playing video games in one of the video labs as he's playing on a desktop monitor and he played for like 48 or 72 hours and he died because he didn't stop to eat or drink or anything and then Dialsu kind of was a word that started as a representation of kind of like a nerd but it's really crazy like when you hear that because you're kind of surprised that that would be a term that people just joke about all willy-nilly. So, kind of getting into those aspects of it. Um, and that kind of just shows you where the process is with um, video games. And I'm going to start wrapping it up here. But another thing, kind of just looking at different aspects of the best video gamers. Obviously come from South Korea. This is a phenomenal eSports. So... South Koreans are really, really good at video games. And another thing I wanted to ask is where are the most female gamers? And China has the biggest female population for gamers at about 3.8 million. So if there's 365 million people in the U.S., that means 308 million. So close to the whole population um, out of 300 million play video games. Um, Kind of getting into that and, you know where you go from there and what's really interesting is kind of like understanding another aspect of video games different aspects of video games so it kind of prompted looking at kind of the data and the numbers i mean i didn't look into video games played on desktop monitors or rpgs or sports games but what i really wanted to understand is kind of what are the top five to six most addictive games of all times and i don't know if you realize this you know do i mean obviously everyone's heard about this game and that is minecraft which was created in 2011 so almost 10 years ago and this game still dominates kind of the market and it's considered to be one of the most addictive video games of all time so it's like what makes it so addicting so the stud, I looked at some research about it, and it's really um, following different aspects of how Minecraft has created this environment. I've never played Minecraft. I looked at a couple of videos, and my nieces and nephews always play it. And it's really interesting because it's an addictive game, but it's not violent, you know, and it, and it adds a lot of different concepts of competitive creativity, building different things within this Minecraft world and working with other people with rough ideas. So when you look at it in a survey done, about 50% of Minecraft 
players were financially dependent on their parents to play the game. Trials right behind Minecraft was Red Dimension. So this is a study indicating that most people who play Minecraft are financially independent. So it's considered one of the most addictive games. And I think it really what it does is it allows social aspects of the game, allows you to play with other people. This is great great social interaction and and it kind of gives you that opportunity and I think it gives you a lot of creativity to work with others and invite with them you know obviously we remember World of Warcraft it just seemed like there was a time where everybody was playing World of Warcraft I never played Legends of Legends but and that's number three but number four is Call of Duty and I played a lot of Call of Duty and obviously Kyla Murray is addicted to it and the fifth one which I'm sure we've all played is Tetris. So looking at those aspects of video games, you know, I can see where if your child was dyslexic, I'm sure Minecraft could potentially be helping a lot of kids read better, you know, you know, helping your brain because it's really thought that although Minecraft doesn't help you with like programming a language, what it does help is your cognitive ability for problem solving, thinking and social interaction. So you know, I think the main question was, are video games good for you? Are they bad for you? you know, what is the understanding? And what it comes down to is, you know, like my father always said, moderation in all things. You know, video games in itself can have a positive impact on kids if it's the right video game. I think it's really interesting that Minecraft is the most popular video game. It's like in my generation, people are playing GTA, which obviously is like a crazy game where you can drive around a car, beat people, buy drugs, drive, fly, and do whatever you want to do in that game. And now you have like this simple game, Minecraft, that's that's simple. It's kind of focusing on these basic things and it allows you to, you know, be creative. So summing it up, I think there's a lot of good parts about video games. I think it's interesting and, and it's always going to be a part of our culture from here on forward. So thank you for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow.